This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at Media Week magazine and our new online home, mediaweek.com.au. We chat weekly with people in all sectors of the media and more podcasts just like this can be found at mediaweek.com.au or on iTunes. Welcome to your new Media Week Tech Podcast. Joining me, Dan Barrett from Media Week. Hello, Dan. Hey, James. And our two regular, well, co-hosts, we could almost call them, couldn't we, Dan? They uh, frequent this office pretty regularly. Uh, Trevor Long from EFTM, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Welcome back, gents. James. Good to be here. Now, come on, guys. Did you speak in the microphone? These are dodgy little mics, we know, not the, we know how not the good ones you yeah. normally. Well, no, you, you, you guys have got good microphones. I'm guessing. I love, I love your riser. That's not these uh, for forty dollars specials I've yeah. got from. Good to see that you're investing in your program, James. Now, look, uh, speaking of businesses booming, we we like keeping tabs on you guys. We've we've followed TechGuide.com.au from its from its launch. I'll get an update from you in a minute on that, Stephen. But Trev, you've recently given up one of your day jobs. Yeah. You, you, You've One had of them, how many have you got? <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've left SBS. You can say whatever I want now. You've, you've gone out on your own. Mm-hmm. Give us, um, what are you up to? Uh, it's a great question, which I can't really answer yet. <laughs> lots um, of sleep-ins. Yeah, sleep right? nah, it's lo- lots of late nights. I'm up to complete autonomy and independence is what I'm up to. But I'm doing, uh, obviously I'm spending more time on EFTM just because I've got more time. But um, in terms of revenue, it's, it's about consulting and speaking. So I'm doing a bit of corporate speaking. Uh, consulting to brands and PRs, um, so there's a bit of work around. There's, uh, there's a lot going on in the world, and there's a lot of there's a lot of tech companies, um, and there's a lot of companies that are kind of on the fringe of tech. So I think that kind of my exposure to media over 20 odd years, plus you know what I know about the world, is um, is beneficial. So that's good. You must have been thinking about doing something like this for a little while. Oh, mate, easily a year. <laughs> No, no, seriously. I mean, oh, okay. not that I, not that I didn't like. Wasn't it longer than that? You were thought, thinking about probably. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with you in yeah. Vegas. You probably. opened your which, heart to me, Trevor. Which saying Vegas? About <laughs> what you wanted to do? Um, no, no, absolutely. I mean, look, I, I was seven and a half years at SBS, so it was a very long time. Um, and I, it's not like I didn't like the joint. Not like I'm sad leaving. I just I'd done everything I needed to do there. We kicked a lot of goals. I did all the things I wanted to do. So it was time to find something else. Plus, the amount of work I was doing. Um, outside, you know, whether it's radio, whether it's podcast, whether it's TV, was, you know, growing so much that people's perception was that I wasn't at work as much as I could or should be. And so... Let's be honest, you weren't. You (laughs) did have a very good boss over there. I had a great boss, but I I worked hard in the early mornings and in the afternoons and, you know, I just made it work and I'm seeing the kids more now. So there's a whole bunch of benefits to it, but... I do have to make money, so as Stephen says to me, it's uh, not an easy road, but uh, <laughs> the road is paved, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm Absolutely. I'm loving it. It's good. Is how, mu- how much stationery did you take on the way out? <laughs> <laughs> Are there any paper clips? Yeah, there's got anything no, you can sell us. There was please. no stationery yeah. cupboard, mate. He's got enough of his own. Have you seen his EFTM branding? He puts it everywhere. Oh, I've got EFTM pens. <laughs> got EFTM magnets on the side of the car, mate. Even <laughs> mate, EFTM underpants. You got EFTM underpants. Never people to beep the horn and say hello. It's awesome. You should put a tech guide logo on the side of your car. I, I think even Dan asking about tech sort of blows his cover as a young, cool guy, you know, because <laughs> stationery is not, uh, is not an item much anymore, is it, for the, uh, for, for the young sort of hip texters? Are you calling me a hip young texter? <laughs> the, um, now, is EFTM mm. your, your main sort of... Um, EFTM... Because it used to be a EFTM bit of a hobby main, site, main didn't it, so, really? So it's Did still, it start it, as that? It's still a hobby. Uh, if but you've got a team there I'm now, doing, haven't you? Is there a team. I mean, there's a couple other... You've got contributors? <laughs> or got they, contributors. You haven't got staff. I've got other people who like writing stuff because 
they've got no other outlet, right? Yeah. So Chris Bowen, who is Ben Fordham's panel operator, loves he's got more time in the day than than just panelling for Ben. So he loves driving cars. So it's great for him to drive cars and write reviews. Um, Jeff Quattromani is an IT manager at a, at a large multinational. You know, he likes writing about chia seeds and whatever the heck else he, you know, my <laughs> wife calls him chia seed because he writes about, you know, fruit and He's your lifestyle stuff. writer. He's my he? lifestyle guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus, he knows tech, so he can write a bit of tech as well. So it helps to have a, a bigger base of content. But in the end, we all do it as a hobby. Um, there is a bit of money in it, but it pays, pays, the, pays the way. You know, websites aren't easy to run and cheap to run. Um, but, you know, we, we've been building it over the last few years. Traffic's, you know, quite phenomenal now, so we can make money out of it. So, th- you know, it is a business of its own, but it's not my primary source of income. Um, it's probably still number four in terms of where it sits in terms of how I'll make money over the next 12 to 24 months. Okay. Techguide.com.au. It's a bit of a different story for you, isn't it, yes. Stephen? It's not uh, number four in your rank. This is my focus. Yeah, no, yep. Tech Guide is uh, all roads lead to Tech Guide, I like to say, because everything that I, I write everything I talk about on my, my podcast and most of the stuff I talk about on our Two Blokes podcast, anything I talk about on the radio is all can be found at Tech Guide. So it's uh, a way for people to be updated and educated, I like to say, about all the latest tech. I keep it simple for all the mums and dads out there, as has been my my way for many years now. Uh, the site's growing. It's it's We've had our best year last year by something like 40% growth we had year on year, so that was really encouraging. We're looking at, um, um, in the process of doing yet another redesign, uh, we're also reintroducing the Tech Guide trade-ins as well, where okay. readers can trade in their old gadgets. So I've partnered up with a company that we're going to continue to do that. So they're not just all in your garage? No, it? not at all. No, no. Well, these, these are readers who, <laughs> readers who have got, you know, they might want to upgrade to the new iPhone, for example, yes. and they've got the old iPhone. They can get a quote straight away on the on the site and... Uh, and then, then they post it in. Because that's quite money. common in the US, but not so much here, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, it's growing here. There's a few companies doing it now. Mm. But um, I try to promote it through uh, through my site, whenever I'm on the radio, whenever there's a new iPhone that comes out. But um, I, I also do some other work outside of Tech God. I do, uh, you know, obviously my radio work. I do a little bit of stuff on Channel 10. And uh, I've, uh, I do a bit of freelance work as well. I, I do the tech page for the Foxtel magazine and Golf Digest and all these other, other publications. Uh, I too am dabbling in the have been for years uh, sort of that sort of under the radar consulting and a little bit of media training as well that I've been sort of speaking to various people uh, you know I've been a journo for 30 years now so I've spent 25 years of them at News Limited and now that I'm on uh, my own boss at Tech Guide uh, I'm sort of bringing all of those skills to uh, to help me make money apart from uh, the advertising that I, that is my main income from Tech Guide so uh, it's doing really well yeah Wanted to, um, we usually get you guys in here um, after you're back from Silicon Valley or something mm-hmm. for, a, for an Apple product uh, show. And then March is usually a reasonably big one for the first one of the year for, for Apple, isn't this it? This was a small one this time, though. I know, but it was this will be the first we did, time. Neither you, of us went. This will be the first time, particularly you, Stephen, hadn't yeah. been there in March for quite a while. Uh, yeah, I, I usually, when I was at news, I used to go, well, if there was these smaller events, when they hold them at Apple's headquarters or they're, they're pretty intimate events, they only take usually a News Limited and a Fairfax Journal. And I was okay. the News Limited Journal, heading down with uh, Gary Barker from The Age. Yes. Uh, but this time out, it, it was we didn't go. Uh, it, it, it's the, the bigger events like Worldwide Developers Conference, uh, bigger the larger events later in the year, like the September launches. That we're normally all there because it's about six or seven people they take. So, um, but this time out, no, we didn't go. But we did get up at what was it four o'clock in the morning to cover it live. So, yeah, interesting. A little bit ironic for you, Trevor, the fact that you weren't there. But I wager a bet that you almost 
were more over media this hmm. time than any other product launch, especially A, because you, you were here, hmm. and B, because it was really not much to announce. But yeah. you were just all over it. I, I mean, you were was, everywhere. You couldn't turn on a bloody TV radio. <laughs> I think there was a lot of interest in, in it because the story, the perception of the story was that it was, a, it was a backward step to a smaller phone. So I think having to educate people that this was this is a phone that's the same as they've been selling a phone up until you know last, last week with the iPhone way, 5S. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's, it is interesting, actually, not being there, because I actually I got up at some even ridiculous hour because I knew that the event was going to be at 5 or 4 and then run for maybe an hour and a half, but I had to do the grill team on Triple M at 6.20. Okay. And so I actually I actually sat in the Triple M studios from 3 o'clock. So I got up at 2, got to Triple M and watched it all there, wrote my EFTM articles, did Triple M, and then went to Channel 9. That's dedication. He hasn't heard of a telephone, but anyway, that's great. So wouldn't have been see you in the 3 a.m.? Was anyone in there at three? Yeah, well, the producers of the grill team were in there working very hard that early. They, but they broadcast all night, so they'd be the night. The no, night. I would have thought they'd shown up about four. Uh, Did they get in before no, four? No, three, three, three thirty. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're early, and so you know. That, but for me, that, that's you know the critical thing in there was I was able to watch the whole thing without having to panic about getting in a car because I live yeah. in the north of Sydney, as, as, yeah, as this bloke always away. says. He needs to get a passport to passport. come to my joint. <laughs> passport um, control, I tell but, him when I'm coming to his place. But you know, we 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 can see the event, and then I, then also then I'm city based, so I can go to Channel Nine, I can do that stuff. And then interestingly, the week after, um, Apple did uh, briefings on last Thursday for yep. for the event. There was no embargo on mm-hmm. the phone, so we were able to get the phone a week out. And I was then able to walk straight over to Channel Nine and, and do a bit there. So you know, it, it was actually quite a, quite a good week for them, I think, yeah. in terms of coverage, because um, it's you know this is the cheapest iPhone ever on sale in Australia. You got to remember, so it's quite an interesting product. But you touched on something interesting that a lot of people had the perception that it was a backward step for Apple. So all the Apple haters said, "Oh, you know, they've gone backwards." Well, hey, I'm but, with them. Well, no, I, I think the term I used uh, in my story was they've gone back to the future. Everything yeah, old is new again. That's right. Yeah, Trevor, that's sort of similar sentiment where... I love the way you guys hype it up, I tell you. <laughs> well, on. no, it, it's... Look, it, it's... We've made it pretty clear that it's, well, it's obviously an iPhone 5S from the outside. It's obviously yeah. the same design. But what they've done is that they've, they've made it a 6S on the inside. It's got fast processor, great camera, all the features, or mo- you know, nine out of ten of the features you'd find on the flagship yeah, It's all phone. the good stuff in a smaller right. package. It's in a smaller right. device, and that's it, right. I think it speaks a lot to Johnny Ives' design. That's a great-looking phone still, and that's a two-and-a-half-year-old design. And still holds up four years later against the opposition. I think it's a great-looking phone, and I'm using it as my primary phone because I prefer a smaller phone. Well, some people in the US have been wondering if Johnny Ive's been on leave for 12 months because they just re- <laughs> they reckon there's not a lot going on, and there's just no sort of... You oh, know, uh, if you listen to all no, the rumours, I think the 7, the iPhone 7, when it's out, whenever that is, that late September, I think that the rumours are building on what that's going to be and how it's going to have... The rumour is it's going to be waterproof, it's not going to have a headphone jack, it's going to be even thinner, so they're going to get rid of the headphone jack so they can make it even thinner. So we're all we're all listening to all the same rumours. So Won't go any bigger, I presume. No. Well, interestingly, uh, there, there is talk about them using an uh, OLED screen and, and that could be make a bigger... But I don't think the device will be bigger. I think what they'll do is they'll fit a yeah, bigger, screen bigger screen into the same size device. the same device. chassis, yeah. Okay. So that, that's where I so think the screen... So you get an extra mill. So it'll go, it'll go edge it, to it'll edge. Come edge, edge. Probably, it'll probably drop down a little bit lower okay. and go higher too, yeah. Hmm. Which adds hmm. a lot to the overall dimension of the screen, but not the phone. And then if you kind of square off the phone a bit, you come up with a new design. So, But isn't it interesting, right? And this was the thing. I'm, what day did I do the Today Show? Like Monday morning. And, yeah, we're, we're showing them a brand-new phone plus, a, you know, I showed them a bunch of other new phones. And one of the questions from Peter or Lisa was, you know, what, what's the next, next one going to look like? I'm like, we're, all, we're already talking about... That's Apple's thing. How good are they 
at having this happen. They've got a year. Someone said to me they're always announcing something. Actually, no. They announce yeah. like three times a year. Yeah. March, June, September. But yeah. because we talk about the rumours in advance, which then the rumours hype up, then we have the announcement, we have the hype announcement, then we have the launch. You've got yeah. this cycle that is almost continuous well, for late, them. Late, remember the event we went to in September? that They had they announced the new the iPhone 6S, 6S Plus. They announced iPad Pro, Apple TV. Apple TV. So that was actually quite a lot of products. So now, that yeah. was the biggest announcement they've ever done yeah. physically and in terms of the biggest venue they've ever had, but also the number of products as well. So, And you imagine in terms of sales this quarter, you know, we, these companies report on quarters, um, Samsung normally dominate this quarter because they launched their flagship phone. Now, they'll still do really well, but Apple will also be part of the, the peak in, in sales. Normally, Apple's peak is at the end of the year. So they're, they're going to have two peaks in smartphone sales, and I think that's a really big driver for them as well. So you've got to remember, too, that this, this new device, the, the, the SE, is going to play in a different space to the flagship phones. Not everyone can afford the they flagship phones. They normally don't. Phone. This is virtually two new it's phones a, in mid, one year, isn't it? Yeah, Which right. they've never done. That's right. No, this is never. a mid-tier phone. So it's mid-tier, mm. super mid-tier. So this is suddenly up against your LGs and your Sonys and your HTCs and Huawei's, all those other brands that up until now never had Apple as an opponent because they weren't playing at the top end. Now they are. And that's where Apple can maybe claw back a little bit of market share from Samsung because Samsung has always had a device from 99 bucks all the way up to $1,300. So now Apple are going to play in that mid-space, which is the bulk of the market. Yeah, um, just in terms of the actual coverage of the launch events, mm. because obviously everything's streamed now online, you can load up your Apple TV mm. and watch the event streamed. Did you feel you missed anything by not being there physically? At yeah, the event? so what you miss by not being there is the hands-on for a start. So yep. straight after the event, I didn't miss queuing up because even as an <laughs> invited journal, you still got to queue up. Yeah. Um, but straight after the event, and he says that if you watch the live stream, the journalists come to the yeah. background and they have a room where you can stand there for an hour and, and just take photos, play with it, really get mm. a sense of things. And that's that immediacy, that immediate hands-on is, is a big part of web traffic, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, people are looking for immediate reactions yeah. to, you know, when, when they ask us what is it like, they want to hope that we have some some real perception, not just um, a guide. Now, we're lucky. It's exactly the same as the iPhone 5. Yeah, so, so this I, year you'd be fine, but if I it was did, 3D touch or something... Yeah, if be, it was something new. So I remember, yeah. was it last... Um, two, no, the day of the launch, I did Today Extra. And I didn't have the devices, but I took an iPhone 5 <laughs> and an iPad, normal size, and I and an iPad Pro, and I talked about the products. You pretended. Not pretend. I, I didn't at all say it's I had the products, but I was able to say this is the size of it. Okay. You know, and so you're able to. That's a, it. Was a very different event for that. Yeah. I think it was for Apple a very different event, um, and I don't think yeah. every event will, will it, run. It that was way. in their town mm. hall, which is in their Cupertino headquarters. Yeah, it's the same venue where Steve Jobs launched the original iPod back in 2001. That same room. And we should say today, the day we're recording, is the 40th birthday. That's of, right. Yeah, of April Apple. 1st. Yeah, 1976. Mm. Yeah, 40 years today. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was wondering if they might do any um, special product, never. any deals. They never do. They never look back. Has anyone Apple... just looked on the store today? In case? I think you'll find, uh, given that they opened the keynote this this week with a, a quick forty second look back, you know, a bunch of words on the screen. I think maybe the website in the US once it ticks over to be US April yeah. uh, the first might show some sort of recognition of um, the the history of the company, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, in the same way they recognise Steve on on, on his on the day yeah, of his death in October, yeah. um, but they never they don't, they're not in the habit of looking back, are they? No, they're, they're, they don't like to sort of be really self indulgent and, and nostalgic. Yeah, they're, they're like always sharks, always moving forward. Absolutely right. Mm. 
Good analogy. Good analogy. Oh. You should do podcasts full time. No, that's why James pays me the big bucks over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, don't talk about well, salary. Do that <laughs> um, reminds me, I've got to pay you, don't I? Uh, <laughs> the, so, so, I so let's have a quick poll. What phone is 6S Plus user? Love it. The Dan, what, what's your. Oh, I'm a bit old school. I'm just on the 6 Plus. Okay. Old school. Yeah, yeah, bit old school. I'm on the SE. That's your one. phone of choice. You, you, there's nothing Android you keep in your back pocket, or oh, I mean, I've got. I counted the got, other night. I was doing a clean out the other night. I've got 95 <laughs> smartphones at home. Um, Tech guy trading. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, I would never profit from review material. Um, the I just can't part with them. Um, like you know, I, I'm I've tried all the Androids. I, I like them all, but no, I always come back to the iPhone and uh, the SE is my one of choice right now. Although I yeah. can't wait to get a non-pink one. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a cover on. I've got, I've got the SE as well, can't but I've also I also rock the iPhone 6s Plus, right. and I've also got the S S7 Edge, which I've been using okay. quite a bit actually. In the last up until this week, I've been using the S7 Edge more than my iPhones. Yep, using this Plus. 6S Plus, do you use a tablet less? Do you find, or do you not? I don't, I don't think. No, I, use I don't my use tablet, tablet at much. all. I use my tablet as much. Well, yeah, I yeah, do. You do? Yeah, I just as much. At all. And you've neither yeah. of you uh, have a, a pro? The, um, I've got, we, we I've both got, got both the, pros. We've got both pros, yeah. I've got the, I've got the 12. You I know. use the 12 every day. The 12.9 inch iPad Pro, I use every day. I love the not sound only of just it. To, not only just to write on it. It's expensive. Yeah, it is, yeah. I use it. I use it to read. I mean, top of the line with a keyboard and a t- pencil. Yeah. Mate, You're looking over two grand. Bucks, yeah. The pro, the pro comes out of my joint when. Um, so yesterday, for example, Amanda went to pick up the two older kids from school. So I'm at home working from home. It's great. Harry stayed at home, um, and I just said, "Come in the office, mate, and I'll just do some drawing." Instead of going to get some pen and paper, I just pull out the iPad Pro, and he's sitting there drawing because I think that is an unbelievable application for that. It's a very expensive piece of pen and paper for a kid to draw on, but. It's about the only time I use it. But the reason it's expensive, James, you understand, it's, it's a really powerful device. Like the mm. A9X processor is, it, it's a laptop. So it's like a powerful it, laptop. Absolutely, yeah. Like uh, the, the, some of the some of the apps you can download, Mate, you, you watch know, 3D what, mapping and all this all this 3D stuff. You watch you can what do graphic on it. artists Incredible. can do with that thing. Oh, amazing! With the Adobe suite of products. Oh, yeah, it but is that's phenomenal. still a quite a niche market, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, but, I walk into that Apple Pro. The Pro still a niche. Been there for a lot. Like Max were always a niche. Um, designer, graphic artist, yeah, they cross so over, Why not? Why not continue to serve? I, that I get it. I get and it. And then grow from yeah. there. Seems smart the, to me. I mean, I walk into that Apple store. I think, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get one. But <laughs> you go and see it, and you go, gee, it's really not that much bigger. And oh, the twelve. And then you want it. You want it specced up, and you want the pencil, True. and you go, two, over well, two grand. You go, come on. I've I can't found do it. since I I've been using the twelve point nine, the iPad Pro. Yep. I find it hard to go back to the to the nine point seven now. Yeah. I've been sort of spoiled by that big screen. I, I look back at the the nine point seven, and it's, it just seems even smaller. And I think with the big phone, you maybe don't need the. I love the iPad Mini. Yeah. I've always been a go big or go home man. Uh, unlike okay. Trevor, I'm, I'm more the go big or go home kind of guy. I'm more yeah. of the size doesn't matter kind of guy. <laughs> Dan, I, I was going to say, are you guys finding much value in the pencil at all? Absolutely. Yeah. When, it, when, do. when like, what are you like, using it for? So I mean, I've got a Surface Book which has the similar sort of device yeah. for it. I've not used the pen device once for it. Mm. But like, what are you using the pencil for? Not I've that. used I've used it to take notes. I've used it to draw. Uh, I've used it to draw maps and send to people and things like that. Annotate things like I've written on pictures and on web. Like in the in this redesign I'm doing now, I've, they're sending me screenshots and I, I circle things and say, "I've done like that. Let's make it like this." And so it's really work productivity. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Productivity is what it's about. I, I think productivity and and just core design. When I, when you show someone the pencil with the greatest respect to any other stylist, mm. 
uh, for the first time, they're always blown away because people talk about it being just another stylus, but it is not. When you choose more than that, it is when a you stylus, but it's more than pencil that. as you know your drawing option and you, and you shade with it on its side, and then you point. It's it's a phenomenal bit of technology on its own, and I think I think drawing is its best feature. And so, if you love sketching and drawing, and let's not kid ourselves, people like this. There's people using colouring books as adults now, so there's a whole bunch yeah, of creative yeah. applications it's coming back. Craze, isn't it? I think you'll find people but love the the art- artistry of the pencil. From a user standpoint, the reason they're doing colouring books because it's like a retro throwback. It's a de-stress. Okay, sort of it's not thing, necessarily yeah. something which you're doing on the tablet because yeah. that suddenly takes it into what you're well, trying to yeah. escape. But I think in the same it, way, it is a way sketching. to get away from screen time, though. Mm. Is it? it's right? They're like getting a colouring book and I think, and I think there's also a nice thing about going back to sketching. When I first did my review of the, the Pro and I did a sketch, I had the phone sitting there and I sketched it. It was quite. It was just a real mind-numbing experience just to go back to sketching. It had been forever since I, yeah. you know, sketched a cylinder and tried to shade it in and all that kind of so stuff. Now all so the courtroom artists, you know, they have those artists mm. in the courtrooms that all be using the iPad Pros now, sending the sending it to the file to the station instead Whereas of having it printed five out. Five sales and, around the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, look, I think yeah, iPad Pro is not for everyone. I, I had a question from yeah. a reader saying, "Look, I want a new iPad. I just I read the web and I like you watching YouTube. What do I need the Pro?" Well, the answer is no. You don't need the Pro. You just get the normal iPad Airs. Yeah. Are oh, you talking me out of it? <laughs> now, also, it's the twelfth anniversary, roughly, of the watch. Twelve uh, month, month anniversary. What yeah. I was going on sale. Yeah, yeah. Twelve month anniversary. Twelve month anniversary of the yeah. watch. Now, I noticed three of you are all rocking the uh, the Apple Watch. Um, yeah. Nylon band. With the new band, yeah. Oh, so you've got a new band. What's your too? band? You've just... uh, well, I had a really Dance. crappy band I got off eBay, which fell apart the other week, so oh, really? I'm back to the original sports band. Okay. So just tell us, has your use changed much of the phone? Because I'm guessing you guys are pretty severe. On tech, you don't like or you grow out of... It goes into the cupboard, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, but the I'm, fact I'm you're very, all still wearing it yeah. means to me that you're There's, still into it. Before Stephen tells you all the amazing ways he wears his, <laughs> I, I use it for one reason and one reason only. <laughs> the time. Apple Pay. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the only reason I have it. I didn't wear it much and at all. you can't all. do that on an Amex card time. still, can't you? Only, yeah, I'm, I'm an Amex card yeah. holder. Happy yeah. to Other be cards are coming, apparently, yeah. Yeah, so it's Christmas. <laughs> um, just get an Amex card, people. It's that easy. Yeah. Um, so that's the only reason I wear it. I, I can go through a whole day without unlocking it because, you know, it's got a password on it. It's probably... No, it's not locked now, but I must have unlocked it today. But I can go through a whole day without unlocking it because I can just walk up to the servo, double-click, and I'm ready to pay. Um, so I pay for a can of Coke on the way home. How many things you bind during the day that you need the equivalent of your credit card strapped to your wrist? But you that's the thing. A lot, of coke, <laughs> a lot of Coke and a lot of petrol stations. I don't need and to... you don't do anything else with it? Do you check the Nothing. time on it? Yeah, I mean, I glance at the time now and then. Yeah. And yeah. you don't get any notifications? No. Yeah, I do. I get I get a lot of notifications on mine. I, I use mine. It's to a very keep my expensive credit card. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's I, amazingly yeah. simple. I mean, it's it's if you've yeah. not used Apple Pay, honestly, you've got to try it. You know, I and how many people still wonder when you're doing this? I guess mate, you go to a lot of places. I, they have no idea the, why are you putting your watch up to the blood. Part of the joy, no, part of the joy is that that reaction. <laughs> my, my local pizza joint. Just the local pizza joint has, you know, tap and go. And I've gone, yeah, two pizzas for Amanda, thanks, you know, boom. And she's gone, what the heck just happened? I've gone, I've just paid. And it's just, it's a great thing. And it means I don't, I don't have to take my phone with me when I go. So I can drive from home to the pizza joint, not take my phone. Um, yeah, I've got my wallet in my pocket only because I've got a driver's license in it. Yeah, I think the killer function would be for Opal. Mate, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. no oh, that's, doubt about it. coming. But I, I use mine. I, I, I like to. When you're getting a call, like if you phone, I keep my phone in my back pocket on silent, and it's. I sometimes miss a call, but having it on my wrist, I think I know who's calling. I know when I'm getting messages. 
Uh, I also use it when I'm training and when I'm sort of keeping track of my activities and things like that. But uh, I've also used it in the US as a boarding pass too. Your boarding pass can, can sit on it. Although the first time I used it was on an American Airlines flight and I had the, um, the link bracelet, which um, when you take it off, it doesn't go flat, doesn't go completely flat. And their reader was about that far, about like six centimetres, five centimetres off the bottom of the thing. So for me to put the boarding pass under the reader, I would have had to take the watch off, which automatically locks the watch. Then you've got to unlock it. So everyone's lining up behind me. Works so it wasn't practical. Australia. Wasn't practical, but no, there they are. There, there are some readers now that are obviously suitable to do it. But that that was uh, of the the technology was ahead of the actual equipment at that point. But I've used it for boarding passes, and I haven't used it to pay because I don't have an American Express card. But yeah, when I'm in a meeting with Dan uh, Barrett, he's constantly he's looking at his wrist. That's the biggest. That's why I turn off notifications because I found at work when I had a job, um, <laughs> you'd be looking at your wrist all the time. And people think, uh, sorry, people think is, it, is there a problem? Yeah. Do, you need, do you need to go somewhere? Yeah. I'm like, no, no, I've just got an email. But have we, is it what's ruder, to look at your watch or look at your phone? Well, that's, but, well, okay, so, what's ruder? so they're like, both yeah, as like. rude, but the perception to the other people in the room is yeah. that you're just checking you're you're just hurry, checking yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. when you're checking your phone. Yeah, but but I, think, Dan, watch, I think that's evolving and changing, though. The more that Slowly. I keep doing this to James, the more he realise that I'm just as disengaged with him as I usually am. Well, tell us about your usage experience with the... Has it changed much over the 12 months? I mean, not really the thing I just keep on finding with it is the things that I can't do so I always look at the potential of the watch mm. but I'm never really actually able to do it I don't have an Amex card and I refuse to get Amex because <laughs> I've had issues with them in the past oh okay um, yeah, you know. um, but yeah so once well, yeah, I mean <laughs> that usually goes long way. <laughs> so that's how it works okay wow uh, yeah but I mean once Visa comes on board I'll actually I mean I bought it for the Apple Pay and it frustrates me it's not out today yet just gonna um, get an Amex card mate let it go I can't do it can't let do it, it. Go. there's no fees <laughs> with Amex cards what's the story with Amex cards seeing you're the spokesman for Amex today what are their fees? I should declare I have done some corporate work fees? for Amex. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a long-term Amex customer. Well, you can get it with your... Any bank will issue it as a But those, those do not card, work on Apple Pay. Don't they? No, it's only it's American Express-issued oh, Amex cards. I don't notice any extra fees. Obviously, it's a credit card. It has fees, so you have to weigh up yeah. the, the annual fees of the card. There's a killer fee but, if you don't pay on time, but if you pay on time, I think you're fine. And the, I've got a Velocity one, you know, so it's a frequent fly thing, but in I, I buy a can of Coke and a Mars bar at a Shell Servo. It's the same if I pay with cash as if I pay with Amex on the yeah. tap and go. So it's a complete fallacy that, 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 that it costs extra. Places that are charging extra for the surcharge I just won't shop at because it's a, it's yeah. it's wrong. It shouldn't be allowed because there's no, no people that charge you zero for Visa and one point five for Amex are taking the piss because they're paying one point five percent of Visa as well. But they get more traffic because they that's take right. credit cards. That's the whole deal but with the consumers card. should be challenging that. Consumers I, I should agree. be saying that's a joke. What about hotels now? Hotels are wack yourself. Yeah. Shocking for bloody. Do <laughs> you want no any credit card? Yeah, that's oh, online. There's, yeah. there's, there's a whole bunch of new legislation coming about through Qantas. about that. Dan, sure. I think, was telling us about his. Sorry, well, I mean, I was just going to say, I've been using a debit card as well, saving it all credit card fees. So you know, it's that's smart. ING Direct, you know, there's no fees or anything. It's golden. What watch face do you have? What 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 faces? Look, we I mean, here? this is the other thing as well. So I installed this watch face on day one, which is it's getting very nerdy. I've got the really dorky looking one, which isn't a watch face, but rather it just gives you yeah. the time, it gives you a calendar it's thing, a temperature. Watch face, that one. It's yeah. all complications. I've just got the sort of the watch. I think we're the same one, yeah. we? Or yeah. yours is just a different color to mine. And the thing is, it's yeah, great radio. This like, is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, it looks dorky. I wish there was a Should better way to dress that. At least we don't have the Mickey Mouse. At least we don't have the Mickey Mouse one. 
Oh, I'm living my fantasy. Boy. <laughs> so He's got look, his little Truman Show. I'm just fantasy. showing James now all the all the watch faces you get. You, you, you might like the Mickey Mouse watch there, James. Okay, that might be you. Anyway. There's still no third party watch faces, is there? No. Which is weird. Which I think is a real problem for them. I think Android Wear has has a much better customization, a much better personalization, even though they've got their complications. Hmm. I think they do need to introduce developers can build watch faces, can build much more things for it. That's their challenge. Is is it's a very it's a very restricted device for Apple reasons, which does also make it a reliable device. But they could grow if they had the. And other strangely things. for Apple, the, the phone's almost good value. Especially up the recent price cut, because the bottom of the line, which the watch has mean, virtually it's been dropped in price. Yeah, the watch yeah, has. What did I say? Four twenty. Oh, you said the phone. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So what's the, the, the watch? Four twenty nine. The watch is good value. It's I mean, not bad. I mean, here's the thing: people complained about smartwatch prices when they came out. I'm like, I don't want to break it to you. I've, I've had six hundred dollar G Shocks, and you know, yeah, twelve hundred. Exactly. Like watches are not cheap if you buy watches. A good watch. Mm. Yeah, but exactly. people who've never bought watches think four hundred and twenty nine dollars. Yeah. But four hundred twenty nine bucks for an Apple Watch is actually that, not reasonable. a bad price. And it's actually the same watch that you get for the fourteen grand watch. It's well, same, well, same, yeah. Just different, made different of different stuff. Case, made of, yeah, yeah, but it's virtually yeah. the It's the same technology, can, yeah. just different. It like, doesn't work anymore. You know, mine's, mine's the, the Apple Watch, yours the Apple Watch. Sport I went to Sport, Dan. yeah. So, you mine's know, Apple mine's much more scratch resistant. So, that, yeah. this is the sapphire You're the glass sport, instead of the yeah. stainless steel. So, so Fortune Okay, Dan at that last comment out from me, all right? But when you think of like the 429 price point, just last week the Fitbit Blaze was released, which is the Fitbit version of a smartwatch and I think it's 329 and it doesn't do half the things the they're really playing do. catch up now aren't they those guys well, even though they were there in the early days I think yeah. they have a loyal following though I think there's a loyal group of oh, people yeah. who Fitbit's, like their Fitbits the go to brand for activity trackers for the, those entry level in, in, the one miss thing missing from watch now I can't remember what they call it what's the um the geo locator thing, GPS. Would, GPS. Yeah. Now, if you put a GPS in that, that'd if be it was a built killer. Into it, yeah, it? well, some the, it comes off your phone when it's paired, but there are some watches, sports watches mainly, that have GPS built in. You know, so your, your high end triathlon watches, those sort of watches, have it built in, like mm-hmm. your Phoenix and your Suntos and all those devices. They're like eight hundred dollar watches, but in these smart watches, you don't get them. Right. It, it comes via the smartphone that's paired to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, no, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Just just quickly before I let Dan loose on you guys. The, um, Dan's Hello. <laughs> what are we in for here? Dan's all over Twitter all the time. He's a big advocate. He loves it. It's just their, um, they've celebrated, what, their first year in Australia? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. It's 10th um, year. 10th year. 10th year, year since Twitter since became Twitter. a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, this I was reminded by that this week from following your tweets, uh, Trev. You had some interesting tweets this week. You seem to be on social media a lot more now that you've got a bit more time on your hands. Funny that. <laughs> and as but if you, you wasn't on it a lot anyway. So. Some of them are <laughs> almost a little bit out there. But there was a tweet. <laughs> Do tell, James. Well, there's a tweet about drinking. There was another one. Oh, that's right. There was another one accusing warning people if they take you on now, what? How did you word that? I can't. I oh, internet commenters. Yeah, I no. haven't got it here so in front my, of me. You my said rule, you will get back at them or something. My rule. Tell us what brought has, that on. And my rule has rule. always been: if you if you abuse me, I'll abuse you back. And I don't care what people think. That's my so rule. Basically, a no and, dickhead rule. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, mate? but it's but it's like so. This was my rule as a call screener at Two GB back working on the continuous call team and for Hadley. If someone told me I was an asshole, I'd tell I'd tell them they're an asshole. I I, I didn't care. That's my, that's my my thing. So. 
I run EFTM. It's my own site. I don't have anyone else to answer for. If you write there that I'm an idiot and I'm full of it or something, I'll just write back, go for your life, mate. You're a full of it as well. Go somewhere else. <laughs> I've got that ability, whereas the people on News Limited can't say that because they'll probably get the sack. So I was just making a, <laughs> making a statement on on. on oh, there on wasn't Twitter. any one particular thing. No, no, but, but I get happened. that. <coughs> I do get that on Twitter. Mm. But, <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm dying. <laughs> Have a drink, mate. <coughs> Um, while, Kevin, while Trevor's coughing, I'm the I'm the take on the trolls kind of guy. Yes, yeah. So I don't I don't ignore them. I don't block them. I'll just re-abuse them. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. What's I'm, your policy? I'm not that? as I'm not as heavy-handed as Trevor over there. Although I do <laughs> I do get the odd people so having a crack and and, and, I, and I, I I get mainly people having a go at me for my sporting comments, not for my tech comments. I I, I tweet probably. Not as much as I do about tech, but I tweet a lot about sport, about my team, about Souths or whatever's happening. I'm watching a live game. You're a South supporter. Yeah, I am. Oh, yeah. Mate, he had the longest Facebook <laughs> post ever after a loss last week. I did warn Jesus. people, though. I did Jesus warn people. It was Thank a God for post. the more button. <laughs> yeah. I did warn people that we I think they a needed a more, more button. You know, <laughs> you know, I've got my Facebook friends saying I look, they look forward to that report after every game. It's kind of a service. Mm. And you it's also a way to get on my chest. You mentioned drinking. I mean, I, we don't drink like to excess, but no, I, no. I, 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 I will happily don't drink at all. No, okay. I was saying we don't drink to excess. He doesn't drink at all. I, yeah. I will, I will grab a glass of wine at an event just because I like to have hold yeah, a yeah. glass in my hand. But I, and I'll have a sip. And you know, I've had a couple of good weeks. A few good things have gone on. I will celebrate with a with a UDL. I'm a very yeah. simple man, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind that. Yeah, I'll crack open. I'll crack open a diet coke and celebrate yeah. as well. Yeah. Dan, well, was it, um, that was a roundabout way of getting to you to ask you about that Twitter. Was the oh, Twitter. <laughs> Where is this heading? Yeah, what, what I mean, are you you're about, still a massive advocate of Twitter. Oh, look, are I mean, you not? Well, I just don't have the time, and I just. What's your handle, Dan? I just now I see oh. you use it a lot, Trev, and I just think, gee, I wish I had that time to do that, but I don't. It's know. an engagement tool, right? If, yeah. if you use it well, you create great engagement. We've got some very loyal listeners. I don't, I don't pretend for a minute that. Um, even 10% of my audience on Your Tech Life, let alone the radio and TV, have ever come near me on Twitter. But those that do, it is great to connect with. And I think that's the great thing. When someone takes the time to read something you've written, watch something you've done, or listen to something you've done, and then they say hi on Twitter or they give feedback or make a comment, it's, it's awesome. It's a one-to-one connection. And most of the time, people don't expect a response for a start. Mm. No matter how big or small you are in the world, people just think it's an echo chamber. And when you reply... They have a great respect, and I think that's a really cool thing to create with an Absolutely. audience. Absolutely, yeah. I, I like to. I use Twitter in a similar way, and I obviously share all every story I write on on Tech Guide is shared through my own at Stephen Fennick and also at Tech Guide AU. So it is a great way to Do sort you, of reach your either readers. you get many much traffic from your links in tweets. Yeah, I, I get probably. I get more off Facebook. I, I, I've got, uh, I think, about 7,600 likes on my Facebook page. So I, I get a, a fair bit of traffic through sure. that, and a lot of people share it. Um, but I, I've got more followers on Twitter, but I've I, I got like 9,600 followers at the moment. No, I think 9.7 I just hit. And I seem to get more engagement from a smaller crowd on Facebook than I do from Twitter. Yeah, I think Facebook is a much more engaging audience. Twitter is definitely not the best link. So I'm just looking at my last month. Um, I got 7% of my links from Twitter and 21% from Facebook. 
Now, okay. how do you know? Like, do you know if that's trending downwards from maybe this time last year? Yeah, because my can, can, my perception of Twitter is is that I find it a very valuable service, and I think it's a great service to network with people, get your name out there a bit, have some great conversations along the way. If you work in the media business, if you work in the media, it's not I mean, a traffic driver. It's well, not a traffic driver on a daily basis. It's not a traffic driver, but but let's be clear, it has the potential to be. So this week, I did mm. a story on the crazy dude that lined up for two days for the Tesla. Yeah. Right? Now, I was just driving to TUE, to, on my way to TUE, which is in Greenwich around the corner, and because of my seven years of habit, I drove down Herbert Street past SBS, and, and there's a bloke sitting out the front of the tester dealer. So I pulled up, I went and took a photo of him, I said hello, I took, interviewed him quickly, took a few more photos, and I put it on the website. Yeah. <clears throat> now, it, t- Tesla tweeted that, that story, to their million followers, crashed my website, <laughs> um, and then later that day, they put it on their Facebook page, yeah. crashed my website. There's... if. If it's the right thing and the right audience, yeah. it can absolutely drive viral. traffic. Absolutely. But I don't think that my audience wait for my tweet to see a link. So mm-hmm. I think that it's more Depends it's more the, the sharing yeah. that, that creates traffic. And so if you've got the right piece of content, yeah. I'm, but but I'm I'm a big fan of making things native. I, I will I will normally like if I got a great YouTube video I found on the internet, I'll just put it on Twitter as opposed to writing a story about it and creating clicks for it. Yeah. I'd prefer not to send people to a website. I'd prefer to just make them enjoy the content on Twitter. So I'll always post a photo in Twitter rather than making them go to a website to see it. Yeah, because again, that's brand building for you as opposed That's right. To, I, I'm yeah. not here. So my, my approach is not about oh, just web traffic. My approach is about entire audience. Yeah. So I, I report every month on the total number of impressions on tweets, on Facebook, on web, so that I can see an overall audience picture, so that I can say to people, yeah, I didn't write a story about it, but I posted it on Twitter and it was seen by this many people and it was engaged with this many times. That's actually, frankly, in many cases... That is better than what you'll get on the website. That's what a lot of companies are going for. A lot of companies employ social media managers to do that very thing that mm. we didn't do. And, and one thing that puzzles me is that all that they, a lot of companies spend big money on, on PR companies and agencies, and yet none of them retweet your stuff. Like a lot, a lot of, I, I tell this to PRs when I meet them. I said, how can we work better together? I said, well, how about retweeting my stories about your mm. client? That would help for a start. Like, they, don't, they don't get it, some of them. Well, I thought a lot I'm, of them do. A lot, a lot of them do it well. But yeah. do you well, think I thought they'll I'm, build eyeballs? I've mentioned this before, I think, to you guys. I mean, we put out a lot of stuff, and you try and engage with the people you're yeah. talking about. And the number of retweets you get, you just... You just yeah. why, why do you have a Twitter handle? Yeah. You just don't. You just don't. Oh, manage I just think it the challenge all. of Twitter, I find though, James, is that it's it's it, to me the concept of Twitter. It's this raging river hmm. that's flowing constantly. Yeah. Unless you're on it all the time, well, you're going to miss yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. I know they've got other features like moments now and uh, and uh, the. You can curate you your feed, but you've got to constantly yeah. do that. But, but it's you, something you've got to be engaged with a lot. And I, mm. I, we, we both use the tools like TweetDeck, so I've got TweetDeck open all the time on my second monitor at home and. That helps you, you to see what's doing. I'm, I'm a tweet yeah. guy, but I mean, we're all power users of it. I mean, if you look yeah. at something yeah, like Moments, it's really driven to that casual user of whom yeah. logs in there once every couple of days yeah. and gets that hit. Who we know, the by the way, the, the head of, just sorry to interrupt, yeah. but the head of Moments so Luke is Luke Hopewell, who we mm. knew from our tech, he used to be a tech journal for Gizmodo. Yeah, he was a so terrible we, journal, sorry, left we, <laughs> <laughs> So we knew him quite well, Well, then uh, he's headed off to Twitter. Yeah. But are you yeah. finding Moments very useful? Nope, not at all. I've got to tell you, when I look at Moments, I go, really, is this it? This I think it's an early stage. Early I stage. think we all need to stop and go, it's not for us. 
Mm. That's it. exactly it. So we're all power users, so we get no value from moments. But I also think that the value of Twitter really comes from very niche conversations sure. that are very hyper-targeted to what you're interested in specifically. And moments, because it is that broad FM radio breakfast approach, and that's a global thing. It's not yeah. just in Australia. But like that's the approach they're taking with it. And I kind of feel that it's not really hitting that sweet spot that Twitter is, which is just that hyper-targeted. Well, this is really what I'm he, interested here's in. Here's the challenge for Twitter. Twitter's, Twitter's growth has kind of plateaued a little bit they're, mm. they're, like they've been taken over by instagram facebook's still going through the roof twitter i think and moments is sort of one of these ways they're trying to do this is they're trying to attract a younger audience and and a, and a much older audience they're, they're in them in the middle they've got it covered but they've, they've got to try to bring those people onto this platform that a lot of people don't understand frankly i don't think well, what's twitter how what do you do on twitter the problem with the problem for twitter is facebook not facebook as a competitor but facebook as a concept people like uh, even my wife, who, who's on Facebook all the time and yeah. gets Instagram, but she, only, she she says to me she only checks Twitter to see what I'm up to yeah. and what I'm saying. She's checking on me basically, <laughs> but she doesn't follow people on Twitter because she doesn't need to. She doesn't get it. Yeah. Uh, Facebook has smartly created and curated the algorithm in such that it does provide a service to people. Twitter is an overwhelming thing for new users, and that's what Twitter's grappling with now with Moments and and the web, the homepage, and things like that. Um, is it? going to remain a niche for a long period of time i think it probably is i think twitter's better off owned by google i think twitter should i think google should own twitter and and use it in the way and and don't don't change it let it let it be what it is because then it's this hyper live news source i mean you know ronnie corbett died last night yeah i found out on twitter to find out about that so if you're on twitter so take that and, and look for algorithms that take immediacy and take trends and you know, bring it to the Google homepage, for example. I think there's there's more that t- can be done with Twitter. What about them? See, I don't think a Periscope and all those sort of those additional things like well, Vine that's, and Periscope. That's to bring live sort of yeah. uh, tangibilities to Twitter. But yeah. I think the problem for Twitter is you can't just leave it as it is now because you've got all these other platforms that are changing the way that we engage with each other and the way yeah. we want to uh, really source information and sort of have chats and this kind of thing. Hmm. Facebook have been really smart about the way they've been launching groups and getting that more to the forefront of their yep. platform recently. So a lot of the conversations you're having on Twitter, I find less value in Twitter nowadays because I'm able to do that on Facebook. Yeah. So Twitter staying exactly what it is now, I don't think works. No, but if they can take what works about Twitter, which is that live immediacy, and evolve it to <laughs> really meet the current needs of the user, what those needs are, I don't have the answer. But yeah, Twitter's had a lot of cut through though, on TV mm. especially. I remember that they, they hired all their new media relationship people and they were only looking at people who had TV experience. Yeah. So they were targeting TV in particular and every show you look at channel 9 they the introduction of the show has this massive hashtag bit a bit of uh, graphic produced to, to tell you the viewer what the hashtag is mm. and they're displaying it live on all these shows you're linking that so, to their current ratings performance I'm, too I'm, much I don't, know. I don't, I don't know but it's it's just uh, it, you'd think with all that cut through they've had with live TV events and but everyone's the promoting reason, hashtags the reason that doesn't grow, grow Twitter right and this is where Twitter got it wrong they have the best platform for live television, no yep. doubt, because you can't engage with Facebook directly. You don't have public posts. Uh, Instagram is just photos. So Twitter is the best way to give uh, a broad audience an impression of what others are thinking and saying. Without that, People at home don't need to join Twitter. They can just enjoy the conversation that they're watching, right? So it doesn't actually get people onto Twitter. It just creates a second level of engagement on the television program. Um, so I think that was always going to be the case, but I just don't think it's had the effect that Twitter hoped it would have in terms of growing, growing a user. So you're saying space. people like it reading the comments, but they haven't had the urge to create their How own. How does that make them want to go in? Yeah. I think, if anything, there needs to be a bit of an um, FM radio or AM radio approach to 
um, to the to the join now kind of approach. There needs to be competitions. There needs to be an incentive. There needs. Why on earth would you join Twitter? What's what's to, the incentive to read you know? Trevor Long's tweets? No, you wouldn't. You're, you're, and if, Dan's you, if you haven't tweets. done that by now, you're not going to. But so if you're a MasterChef, you're or uh, what's the Daryl Summers show? Then they've got a hashtag. You're, for you're back in the room. room. You're back in the room. You know how how do we get people to join Twitter for that? I, I'm looking forward to. It. I think it's a great show. Um, no, I am. I like that stuff. <laughs> the hypnotist. See, this is where hypnotised Trev. No, <laughs> me neither. But just just ask it. And you're keep, back in keep the going. <laughs> keep the, going. The problem is though that like Twitter works really well for you because you've got a bit of a media presence, which in part you've built on Twitter. Like that's been part of the you know building of you. But you've got a reason to be there, and you've also got a large follow account as a result. Okay. Whereas you get my say my mum, and she'll jump on there. There's no reason anyone would follow Mrs. Barrett. Like that's there's nothing she I'll does. Follow you, Mrs. Barrett. I will follow you. She's a lovely I'm lady. Very strict with who yeah, I follow. Look, she's I a follow. lovely lady, but I don't I follow think a lot that, more people, know, people than you are. too. You don't follow many people because I want to. I want a clean feed. But for Mrs. Barrett. <laughs> to actually get onto Twitter, okay, and you're not going to get a clean feed of Mrs. Barrett's tweeting, the stuff she puts out there. Uh, but no, she, when she puts out her filthy tweets, uh, when, <laughs> when they go out there, okay. I'm following her right now. Yeah, well, uh, the thing is people aren't really going to follow her. Like she might get, say, 10, 15 followers over the course of so however long, is, but she doesn't get the gratification that you get from the tweet the because engagement. you get lots of people sending that tweet back. You feel that little bit of joy when someone replies back. Oh, I 100% agree with you. And mm. I think that's the challenge is for other Twitter users to respect every Twitter user, right? I'm not using the Alan Jones line of I reply to every letter, but I like to think I try and engage with every single message that comes my way. Now, there are some times during events or whatever where there's just too many and you don't even see them all, yeah. but I'd like to think that there are lots of people on Twitter who feel they know me better than, than most because I engage with them. Mm. And I think that's the problem with a lot of... Um, even celebrity accounts, you know, they're, they're not even trying to engage with people. Um, they're not even trying to reply to the odd person. Yeah. And, think, and that's why Mrs. Barrett's not going to get that satisfaction. Yeah. But if she engages with the right level of, of people and brands, then she may get that engagement. But then again, why does she need that engagement? Let's just make yeah. Twitter about quickly logging on at the start and the end of the day to find out what you missed. You know, what did you miss? What's happening now? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Or having an account so that when, when breaking news does happen, you go there to try and read your sources. At, at the moment, how easy like, are those mm. is on two blokes is a good example our, and anyone who sends us a message we've got a core group of hard, you know, really loyal listeners but anyone who messages us we always reply to them not that, not that there's hundreds and hundreds every week but we take the time we were always both included with our ad addresses and we always take the time to say oh, thanks for listening or we'll respond to some funny comment that we made or whatever we've even got our own hashtag that we constantly use hashtag Ziggy Zaggy <laughs> is, our, is our hashtag and the short explanation of that is that I've got two Dalmatians one's named Ziggy one's named Logan Trevor walked in Crap one day he goes who one calls the second dog Logan after you call one of them Ziggy <laughs> that's, that's the real that's the real name of Wolverine well, I said it Wolverine's real Zaggy. name is Logan anyway but Trevor said oh you should call the second dog Zaggy and that's how hashtag Ziggy Zaggy Which came they about. didn't, obviously. Yeah. No. Yeah. Now, technically, Wolverine's real name is actually James, but that's an entirely well, nerdy in conversation. In the films, it's Logan. Okay, that, yeah, that was yeah. the main reason I called my second <laughs> dog. Everyone Logan. else, wake up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, can we take the conversation to some, Let's like... Let's Stephen talking about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. out today on Which is out today on Digital HD. And I was 12.01 a.m. I downloaded it. Why is, <laughs> why is it not out on Blu-ray the same day as digital? Well, they want to give... I think digital gets the head start. I don't know. It's just easier to, easier to distribute rather than an actual physical... Windows, Dan. Windows. Yeah. You of all people should know. Look, I, I know. April 13, I'll be I buying it on Blu-ray as well, Max. I'll be getting okay. it on Blu-ray as well. Mm. So. But the, the point of your question is, is valid. The average Joe doesn't have any idea why they can't walk into a store today and buy it on Blu-ray. Yeah. I'm seeing all this promotion. It's like, I want the Blu-ray now. Mm. Not that people are running out to get Blu-rays, but I think for Star Wars, they, they will. will. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Because you want to keep that. It's not April just 13, it's com- coming out. I proudly, no. proudly haven't spent a cent on watching that movie. Yeah. It's pretty good. But anyway, I uh, just want to throw good. out like a few other topics good. here. Uh, I think I mentioned to you last guys, uh, last time you guys were on, but the one thing I'm super excited about is VR. Since you guys yes. were here, PlayStation VR have actually announced a launch date in Australia. Yep. They've announced pricing price as well. Yeah. You can buy it now. I've got my pre-order in. So good for you. All good to go. Uh, pre-orders, I have noticed, have actually come to an end on EBs and JB for the launch, but they will give the ones for the That'll 2016 release. Yep. So you can still pre-order, but you're not going to get that first day. Uh, price point Australia five forty nine ninety five. Amazing, which was surprising. Phenomenal, low. yeah, surprising. Uh, yeah. I work. I was working with PlayStation for about a week and a half up before the launch because they we were doing a thing on the Today Show, and they they wouldn't tell me anything other mm. than what day we were doing the thing. And I kept saying to them, "Listen, price is critical here because if this." I said to them, "If you announce this thing, because it was going to be announced about twenty two hours before we we're doing the segment." I said, "If you announce this thing as twelve hundred dollars, I'm pulling the segment because I can't, I can't, I can't get excited about it." Mm. So, so it has to. They said, "Trust me, you'll be, you'll like the price." So I, in my head, was thinking nine hundred. Yeah, I was thinking 900 eight, I thought eight ninety nine would be, $8.99 be exactly the exactly what yeah. I said to them. Which is when, what the HCC vibe US eight ninety nine is. Yeah. When they said five forty nine, I had I rang them and said, "Sorry, have you sent me the right price?" <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. So do you think that was US? I thought that was US pricing when I first saw it. I, I thought it was a miscalculation, yeah. basically. Yeah. And so let's be clear: PlayStation VR, in my view, is the best because. It doesn't require a huge gaming PC. It requires a PlayStation 4, which is in a million homes already. It's not a big leap for people to want a PlayStation mm. 4 for this, let alone get the PlayStation VR first as an, as an owner of a, of a PlayStation 4. You plug it in. You've got to have the camera, so that's another 90 bucks if you don't have one. But from there, you plug it in and you're running. It is immersive. It is great quality. Yeah. The, um, have you tried the, it, Dan? The resolution. Uh, I haven't tried the PlayStation. I've tried oh, a few sort of small have, ones. It's amazing. Yeah. It if, is. You look at Goose playing context, it. Give me some context. I wouldn't if mind someone looks people. at you playing it, you look like yeah. a fool, but you're just totally immersed in the game. It's amazing. The thing about it is when you have the Move controllers, which is the two you know, PlayStation controllers you can hold. They look like microphones. Yeah. Um, you've got those, they've got those in your mm. hands, and the two examples I'll give you are I've played there's some clown uh, haunted house game <laughs> where you're on like a roller coaster, so you fix. But when you look down, you can see your hands, and you can move your hands around right yeah. and that um, that immediately changes the experience you could put a samsung phone one inch from your head and look around and it's great but you don't have a sense of realism because your hands aren't in there yeah. and when you do this your hands are in there yeah. and then you play london heist and you rob a bank and you're in the in the getaway car you reach forward with one hand you press a button to open the glove box you reach forward with the other to grab a, a, a gun you reach forward with the other to grab some some cartridges yeah. and you reload, reload the gun by clicking your hands together you That's shoot amazing. you reload you, you, yeah. you lean out and you, you look, lean you're forward. looking up and down and the people it's are shooting amazing. down at you you're getting behind cover it's incredible and what's the Who's going to use it apart from gamers, gamers who want violence his, and fucking well, kill SBS, people. I wrote today, Game. by the way, about SBS launching the, the first on-demand VR app. Mm. So they are actively producing content to release through the app. And uh, next week they've got their, uh, their show with Heston Blumenthal. And they're going to have a VR bit of content they're going to upload after the show that gives you it's a virtual now. tour. Oh, it's there now, is it? Yeah. So you can have a tour of a fat dark restaurant. Well, it just I think it's giving people another not only an extra bit of content, cool. but an interactive sort of immersive bit of content as well. So, mm. so for you can literally look around the, uh, the, the kitchen. What's going to stop VR being like 3D? in a few years' time. Uh, I think people actually see a content. reason to want to engage content. as opposed to 3D. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think gaming is going to drive it. Yeah, with play, We mentioned already PlayStation. The game the, the game developers are lining up out the door. They're making... The, I think at launch there's going to be like 160-plus titles for VR. So that's already taken care of. Mm. The next level I think we need to see is 
as an entertainment concept now. So for, for non-gamers to engage with it, the content's got to be there that's going to make them want to immerse themselves in a world, mm. whether that's a movie, whether that's a TV show, I, whatever else. James, I don't see it as positively as Stephen does in that respect. I see it being massive for gaming. I think PlayStation will own the, own the space. I think Oculus and HTC, only one will survive because it's too expensive mm. to have a big gaming rig and that's just not a market, right? But in terms of the entertainment stuff, think of it like DVD extras, right? Mm. That's what that Heston, Heston's tour there is with SBS. They're saying, here's a TV show, and if you love that guy so much, download this thing, and you can he'll walk you around his restaurant, and you can look around. It's like DVD extras. It's adding something to a program. So I think that's the way... It, it, it shouldn't be seen as being the primary piece of entertainment because they're not going to make Star Wars in 360. Because how do you get rid of the crew? What, what do you do with them? They're all, they're all behind the camera, right? Just CG them out. Just get, just... I think that's, that's a very expensive <laughs> proposition. Yeah. But I think if Star Wars is there and then you have the ability to you know, ride along one of the plane things. X-Wing. One of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> the plane things. Sit, fan, in eh? the, sit in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon alongside yeah. Han Solo. That's a good idea. And Chewbacca. No spoilers, but uh, Han Solo won't be driving the Millennium Falcon anymore. No spoilers. Well, there is the pre- there is the prequel movie coming soon. Aha, uh-huh, there is too. Yeah. Yes. So though, that it's it's an extra in entertainment. It's fantastic for tourism. So the, have a look yes. at what tourism well, Australia, Australia did with, doing the, too. Yeah, that's right. with the videos around right, this country. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. But it's but gaming. I think I, there'll be tools too for you to develop your own content. So you can take your own. You can There'll be the 360-degree cameras already. So you can create your own content. So, and they're fairly cheap. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, 365. Yeah. Yeah. Samsung, Samsung, Samsung are coming up with a 360-degree camera in a couple of months as well. They announced it. Mm. Uh, I've done a car uh, review in 360. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just on the, stuck yeah. on the sunroof of the BMW 7 so, Series. I think Fantastic. people are thinking, well, it's not just an action camera type thing. It's, it's, a, it's a camera you take on holiday. So you imagine walking through, you know, Times Square or some beautiful mountain range with this with this sort of camera and you can then enjoy it in 360 degrees as if you're there yeah now that's the next concept i think what mr long here was saying a short while ago about it not taking off and replacing yeah you know bit of respect respect before i slam him in a second (laughs) Uh, i think he's right for the next couple of years that you're not going to see it replace hollywood films but if you look at the way video games have improved over the last few years look at the success of things like a grand theft auto or the last of us okay keeping it in a sony sort of of open world the last of us feels like a motion picture like a zombie sort of apocalypse type thing with a man who has to get a girl across the country Okay, when you play that, it feels like a video. It feels like a feature film, film with yeah, a few you're, interactive you're elements. You're in control of, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that's where VR is really going. I think it's going to be those sort of experiences, and we're not going to see in the next couple of years that take over. But there will be a tipping point where those video game real world experiences are yeah. suddenly well virtual. Well, we'll, um, we'll look absolutely. forward to recording that podcast well, from the back of my Tesla. You, you, you look at what's happened with games like over the years. Gaming in in Australia, at least, is more popular than the box office. It makes more money than the Australian box office. So you th- look look at how na- even now they're making movies of from games like Assassin's Creed and all these other games we've seen in the past Tomb Raider so there is going to be that crossover I think in VR as well you're right the surprise functionality to the PlayStation VR that I think is going to be more successful than anyone's giving it any like credit for at the moment is there is a function where when you put the helmet on you can watch something like Netflix and Hulu are going to have one yeah. as well where you see a big screen in front of you now it's going to be like I think maybe a replacement sort of thing, yeah. it is yeah. a virtual cinema so you won't be able to second screen while you're doing it no. but for people like me of whom I actually wish there was a way not to have a second screen nearby because I can then focus on the movies and TV shows 
shows mm. more because I recognize that's a problem. I'm not enjoying things as but much as I should. You should try that should. now. You should do that with the, the yeah. Samsung Gear VR has that now. The Netflix app is in the Oculus. Yeah, yeah, one, that's, but I mean, yeah. I, the PlayStation 1 has the thing where apparently it's going to be a... I'll see it because yeah. it's crap. But the thing <laughs> is, like, potent, like, the potentially idea of it is that it's like an 8 meter wide screen. That's right. So like, once you've got it on, it's got that It's the cheapest home theater you can buy. Yeah. It's crap. It's a lot of, a lot of saying, is, it, is it Qantas sure. that use it on planes? Or they, 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 they got it in the first class. In first class, yeah. they, they, mm. they give it to passengers to, to use for, as part of their entertainment or whatever? My, my view of it is probably uh, tainted by the fact that it does make me feel queasy wearing the thing, let alone anything it else. It does so or doesn't? It does, yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. But, but the You're PlayStation such delicate, doesn't. Just is, such a delicate person. Yes, I'm a delicate flower. <laughs> the, uh, the PlayStation has such high refresh rate and such they've done a lot for the quality of the, the actual unit that it is, it is the most comfortable and I think it has the, mo- the most mass appeal in that sense. Yeah. But anyway, I, I see that as being a stealthy thing. Okay. Yeah. Give it no, some time. I, Any others there, Danny? Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is something I was seeing this morning. It's not the first one of these bits of kit that I've seen at this price point, but Kickstarter this morning has been a fair bit of talk about, uh, it's not Peachy, it's another one. Uh, I forget the name of it. Basically, it is a mobile phone-led 3D printer. Now, they're saying that with your mobile phone for under 99 US, uh, you'll be able to print small little 3D things. So these are always going to be things that are, you know, um, like a few centimetres by a few centimetres. Chess piece piece style sort of things. What do you guys think about this? And from a media perspective, obviously there's huge copyright infringement possibilities moving forward. You look at things like Games Workshop being one of those um, like tabletop game companies of whom are going to be severely hit by this as it comes out. Okay, but like what do you think about the price point of these things hitting to that sub $100 mark? I think the problem is at sub $100, the quality is never going to be good. Yeah. Mm. You know, I've got a 3D printer at home. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's been on a shelf for two years. <laughs> I used it three times. It was amazing. It was. It was unbelievable what it did, how it worked, and what I printed some toys. I printed like pretend uh, plastic yeah. jewelry for the kids. I printed a chess set. Um, and I've not used it since because 3D printing at, at, on a, on a $10,000 scale is amazing, the quality. But at 99 bucks, there's no way it's going to have that quality. And I think that's the challenge is that, that quality needs to catch up to price before we get to any level of, of yeah. consumer usage of it, unfortunately. You think, you think about the potential uses in the home would be rather than, say, you're, you're something a, a part breaks on an appliance yes. at home, the knob falls off or something like that, mm. then well, you, you bring up Kenwood or whatever, whoever the company, and they said, oh, here's this thing, just print one out. Yeah, they, but they, to they have charge... a decent quality, you need a $10,000 printer. Yeah, so you, 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 instead of going to waiting for a part to be delivered that costs you $90, you, you pay ten dollars for the for the print and you download it and you print it. Yeah. That stuff is absolutely that, that, possible, but yeah. we are a way away from being the point that the quality and the affordability yeah. is there. So what are yeah. we down to now? Like about five hundred bucks to get a decent printer. Yeah, you can you can get a. Like Aldi was selling them for four ninety nine a three D printer. So you pick up your milk and your bread <laughs> and a three D printer while you're at Aldi. Home home brand milk and bread, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of things before we wrap up. Then I guess the. Um, you're both big fans of Kogan, it seems. You are we? Oh, okay. Well, Tred, you are. Because you've I'm... taken people on online who've been critical of him. Okay. There was a story yeah. in He's the Fin Long. There was a story <laughs> Kogan's the, new PR person. There was a story person. in the mm. Fin Review, and you added the journal questioning how many people at his research for the oh, story. Oh, that was a joke. That was the bloke that on the, on the day he bought Dick Smith, some bloke writes a, a piece saying well, that. Well, it didn't it's... sound like a joke on your social. 
No, no, it was a joke that he wrote. It was a disgrace. Oh, so that okay, article yeah, was right. a disgrace. Hmm. The bloke wrote, I can't even remember it now, TV, but he, was it? he wrote a piece. It was an opinion piece by some money dude saying <laughs> that, that he drove the brand into the ground. I'm sorry, billionaire buddy financial people drove the company into the ground. He's an Australian yeah. entrepreneur who's made millions of dollars buying a brand to, yeah, for his own good because he's going to make more money out of it. How's he going to make it any worse than it is today? Yeah, absolutely. And he the was bagging out the products for, for failing and all this kind of stuff. He'd bought one one thing from them and it didn't really give it any perspective. Mate, I've just never had a problem. I've had two or three people over years have a problem with a product and then they're the kind of people that want a phone number to call. Mm. Well, that just doesn't work in online retail. So I've connected them and they've got their problem sorted. He, he does have customer service. He does sell products. His products are cheap. They aren't Samsung TVs. They're Kogan. Um, it's it's so, quality and value like value value uh, over quality in many many times so but they are great value products not everyone wants to spend three thousand dollars on a tv i said to ruslan himself when i interviewed him when he bought dick smith with the greatest respect i think the kogan brands hit its peak i don't think anyone who hasn't already considered buying kogan is ever going to so the purpose of him buying dick smith in my view and he didn't agree with this was he now is able to sell to people who will buy from dick smith because I believe, and I know it sounds crazy, but I believe there's a bunch of people that don't know Dick Smith's gone broke. They'll they'll walk through Hornsby Westfield and see the shutters <laughs> up, and they'll think that one closed. Uh, they don't know the company went broke. You got to remember, eighty percent of people don't read the financial pages, don't read every like it's just yeah. not that big a deal for I, people. I think for him, and I agree with Trevor, is a smart move for him to buy it. Very very savvy move, and what it's going to give him is going to give him a bit more buying power too, because he 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 not only sells Kogan products at Kogan, he sells iPhones and Samsung products, so he's now able to sell those in in another another venue now, and on online store so that's going to give him a a fair bit of buying power and offering deals online where he's up against your JB's and Harvey's and all these other competitors who have to support bricks and mortar stores as well as their online stores Mm. so I think you're going to see some really interesting moves there and the challenge is educating people on grey imports because remember most of his branded products Apple and Co uh, grey imports from will, Hong Kong. Will he keep grey imports just on Kogan? Absolutely. No, no. But, but, no, but Dick Smith won't have grey imports? He's not going to start selling directly from Apple. He's not going to set up a warehouse in no. Australia for, for, for Apple and Samsung products. He's going to use the exact same business yeah, model. So people are going to buy, a Sam, if he sells Samsung phones in Dick Smith online, they're going to be grey imports from Hong Kong. So we just need to make sure we continue that conversation. Are they any different, though, from what you get here? Well, they don't support the warranty. Samsung Australia don't support the warranty for great units. They don't support the warranty here. So you have to go through Kogan. An Apple product, you pretty much get worldwide warranty. But... You're buying stuff overseas. There's challenges with phones because of some. There are different versions of phones, so the the radio antennas might be different. So you don't, you know, it's not optimized for Australian. The, the reason they optimize for Australia is because we have different networks, different things. So it is a risk. So people need to be cautious of that. Yep. But apart from that, I think it's I think it's great that the brand stays, and I think you'll probably do better out of Dick Smith than he will out of Kogan. And Trev, just tell us a little bit about Catablog. We've spoken. Well, I think we did a dedicated podcast once about Cataplog, and I'm yeah. I'm not sure where it ranks on your one out of four on your income. It's not in the stream. top four. It's not in the top four. No, I don't make okay. any money out of Cataplog. But just... it, hopefully, one day it will be there. One day it'll make so millions. It's not a blog about cats, is it? No. We'll so we'll give, a, give us no, a quick so, recap of what it is uh, and so what you're up to. Quick recap: Prue McSween, myself, and Janine uh, Moore um, started Cataplog. The idea was that it'd be a directory of, of bloggers, um, and you know, it's gone fantastically well, making good money. It's, it's doing really well. 
Um, but what we're doing is we're going to shift it up to, to have an influencer focus. So instead of just, because you had to have a web address to be able to be part of it. So now you can just have an Instagram account and you can be listed in Catablog. Um, we've updated it now so brands and PRs, so basically it's free for bloggers, but brands and PRs pay a subscription fee so they can access the database, download people's contact details. And so brands and PRs can now choose to not just use the Catablog ranking, which is an algorithm that determines you know who's most popular today because it's a daily thing, but they can also now sort by just Instagram or Twitter and whatever. But um, I think, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet, but I think next week or, or tomorrow we're launching um, uh, a brand um, a brand program that allows them to track campaigns. So if uh, Johnson & Johnson um, pays a blogger named Joe to write about their product, tweet about their product, and do, do a bunch of things about their product, um, they can run the campaign management through Catablog, and the blogger is required to put code on their website, upload analytics from their from Google and from uh, Facebook and Twitter so that they can report on the campaign and they can get an overall campaign report. So it's a really powerful thing that creates transparency for brands in a world where, let's not kid ourselves, Instagram and bloggers and co can pretty much say anything to anyone about their... their um, their stats and no one's questioning it so I'm continuing to who's day to day in charge of uh, Janine runs it day to day she runs she does a lot of PR stuff as well but she's the she's the main 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 lady involved of uh, on a day to day basis with uh, sell, sales customer inquiries and things like that yep alright it's going really well, start. and she's she's done a lot of hard work, and Peru's obviously been pushing it from a PR perspective, so it's been great. Uh, final one from me. Uh, in the last few weeks, we saw Seven Flicks launch. Mm. Are you guys still seeing many complaints from people of whom can't pick Constantly. up the new channels? Mate, I, I'm so excited about the new channels because it's it's contributed to about thirty percent of my <laughs> web traffic for the last two months. Um, because people are confused, people don't know what's happening, they don't know why they can't watch it. So yeah, I'm I still get every day. I get hundreds of people reading about it, and every day I get questions from. Yeah. Um, I've had only had a call this week on your tech life asking about what you needed to do to get the new channels it's a it's a real problem and it proves my point that i've been saying for years at sbs that that mpeg4 was not the way to go yet that we needed to have a a bigger conversation about when mpeg4 was going to be ready for the broader audience because it's just not there yet just a a sort of attached question to that we've seen um, foxtel built what was the biggest media company in australia news corp obviously a little bit concerned they've changed the chief executive um the there's a bit of we saw uh, some research this week that people ranked I think Foxtel third overall oh, behind cancer. behind Netflix and Stan, Stan I think yeah the what, what's your sort of feeling about uh, what are Foxtel doing wrong do you think are they is it just price are there other things yeah I think price is an issue I think um, people to get to get all the great programs they've they've built it in such a way you know they advertise their twenty five dollar deals and things like that but to get everything you want it's it's a lot more than that. Um, I think that what they're doing right is promoting the sport element of Foxtel. That's if they weren't having, if they didn't have live sport on Foxtel, I wouldn't be a Foxtel subscriber. Mm. So I think that's a strength of theirs. They've got to continue to, to pump up. But um, and obviously they they've they've got Game of Thrones and all these exclusive uh, shows that they're promoting the hell out of those. Uh, but no, I think their yeah, price is probably the issue. They're, they're, they've got some solid competition now with Netflix, where you can pay. 15 bucks a month and get all this content where my, my Foxtel bill is $135 a month. And and I'm, I look at that every month and think, will I keep it or not? But then I see all the, I can watch seven live games of league every week and I mm. think, yeah, I better. Well, I'm gamefully self-employed now. So I immediately rang Foxtel and cancelled one of our boxes and downgraded my packages from spending 160 bucks a month to now 50. 60, sorry. So I've got the basic, the sport and the, and the HD. It's in my office because the Formula One's critical. Um, that's the only, I'm basically now paying $60 a month for Formula One. 
That's yeah. the only reason I have it. Um, and I think I think that they've obviously got a huge customer base, so they've got a they've got a little bit of a halo effect that they continue because there's cash. But I think if they they're going to be genuine about things within the next eighteen months, if not twelve. They need to have the same... Remember, that was a radical change down to the $25 plan. I think they need to have the same radical approach that says maybe 30 is the minimum, but it's pretty much a la carte from there. Put a number against every channel and make people choose and, and allow me to build a package that cost Just me $47 because yeah. I'd take basic, I'd take sport, I'd take A&E, I'd take discovery. You know, I'd, yeah. I want to build my own package and I think that's would be interesting to see what, what effect that would have on them because, remember, there's a bunch of people who just couldn't be asked doing that either and they will continue to just take the bundles because they're on approach. But I think in terms of growing customers, I think, you know, make it easier, make it more a la carte and maybe you could have an approach. But, man, I've got to be honest, I've been pretty much hooked on stand for the last few months. Well, 10 bucks a month and I've watched, mm. uh, what is it, 11, 23, 63 or whatever that's... 11, 60, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. You love billions? Billions. I haven't watched it. Is that good? Billions is excellent. I will be watching that. you know, it's been like a TV experience to me. I know that one's out on Monday, one's out on Tuesday, but I haven't watched them on those days. I've just watched a couple episodes every couple of weeks when I've had the time and it's been brilliant and it's the quality is exceptional. I've got a bloody projector screen of 150 inches or so, 120 inches. I've got a 65 inch TV in the lounge room. It looks unbelievable. We put a movie on. We had friends down from the Central Coast on the weekend and it, we were talking too much so the kids were kind of getting past their bedtime. We said, we'll put a movie on. I whacked a movie on um, through Stan and we walked past it and I said to them, my, my mate, I said, that's, do you realise that's streaming? And he just couldn't believe I had to disconnect the internet to prove it to him because it was that good a quality. I don't think people appreciate how it's, good that quality streaming is. I'll tell you one thing that the, the streaming service has done. Um, I've got three I've got three kids as well. Mine are a bit older than Trev's. I've got 21-year-old, 19-year-old, 16-year-old. It's made them watch more television. Before, they never watched TV. Now they've got Netflix and they're, they're, they're binging on shows like Prison Break. And, so that's and a good Scandal. thing, making your kids watch more TV. Well, <laughs> we'll talk about Prison Break for a minute. You go into the Fennec household and you can hear three TVs running. They're all watching different episodes of Prison Break. It's fantastic. <laughs> it was a, it just caught on at my place. And I, I did explain to them. I said, you know, this is a 10-year-old show, don't you? They said, oh, it's okay. No, it's okay. We want to watch it. It was all, it's all the rage. And I hear they're making a new series. Is that right? Of Prison Break. Because so where, who's showing Prison Break? Who's got that? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. The biggest yeah. problem with subscription right now is who's showing it hmm. we need we need a yeah, reliable a, a reliable directory that allows and, and frankly i think stan netflix and presto should get together and embrace that although they never will because it just won't happen but on your apple tv if you've got one uh that's out, such a small market no, no, but, ch- search, yeah. but check Universal out the, check out the guide app yeah. those guys GYDE, are gyde yeah. like those guys are starting to try to find that solution that and i've, I've interviewed them because yeah. their app is excellent um, but I think for the average Joe, they just need a web version of that. They need to monetize that through ads and they need to make that available on the web because the number of times that I'm scrolling through going, is it available? Like, is yeah. Seinfeld on any of those services? No. no like, last night I'm yet. trying to find one. And just quickly, mm. hey, you. Like, my wife is, because we disconnected the Fox Channel in the lounge room, because her, her, her home office, her desk is, is in the lounge room. She's just got an iPad. She's mm. just been watching Real Housewives of Everywhere on the yeah. iPad. That's, that's the for five ninety nine a month. Yeah. That's ridiculously and good. And it gives you the, the latest Pro? episodes on you the same day. No, just just on an iPad Mini, mate. Okay, yeah. wow. I might give. That's a good idea. I might give the iPad yeah. Pro to you. She's <laughs> on generous. Well, good to see you. Look, we've had two blokes talking tech live in the Media Week studio today. And we thank you for bringing us together many years ago, um, yeah. uh, James. Now, yeah. Milestone coming up. Two hundred fiftieth episode next week. Uh, we record on Wednesday nights. It's uh, my turn to travel. Um, we stamp our passports each week because yeah. we live on <laughs> other ends of we the city. We have a home game and an away game, mate. That's how it works. 
<laughs> so next week we'll get together and, and record our 250th episode. But it did commence with these. We did uh, probably five or six of these yep. um, these Media Week podcasts. We were doing them much more regularly back then, we should say. And frankly, we um, said, you know what, Trev, you and I could do this better than they do. And they're doing it. So why don't we do that? Well, you'll get there one day. Right? Keep, <laughs> that, yeah, quality will get there one day. Look, it's great getting you guys in here. Thank you. Good um, to be here, mate. au and techguide.com.au are their websites. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Good on you, boys. Thanks, Dan. Thank you.